Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teen Scientist on WDIY. I'm your host, Raina Malhotra, and doing our audio engineering is Sarit Wyshynski. Here on the show, I bring you stories of groundbreaking innovation in the STEM disciplines entirely from a teenage perspective. We bring young researchers and respected experts in their fields at the local, regional, and national levels. I'm very excited about tonight's guest. He's actually an old friend of mine that I met at a symposium a while ago in Luxembourg, and now he's joining us all the way from London. Welcome, Tomas. How are you? I'm good. I'm hyped, actually. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show, and it's so great to speak with you again. Um, before we dive in, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm Tomasz Jilaufer. I'm 20 years old. I'm from Hungary, from a small town with an impossible name. Currently, I'm a third-year biochemical engineering student at UCL with regenerative medicine minor. I think that's for the first round. <laughs> and you're studying biochemical engineering. What exactly does that field mean to you? How would you define biochemical engineering? Do you like ice cream, Reina? Yes, I do. Okay, we work on everything from the production of ice cream, cheese, beer, through biofuels, onto the medical and pharmaceutical industry. So it is an interdisciplinary field with emerging hot topics like synthetic biology or green processes and regenerative medicine, which is my favorite from all. And you're currently studying at University College London's biochemical engineering program. Can you tell us about your experiences in this school? You know, in the first week uh, when I went to uni, I had no idea about bioreactors or what is even biochemical engineering. And that time, one of my teachers just told us that, okay, you are a biochemical engineer, act like it. And we had a module called Engineering Challenges. This was like an eight-week module, and we had to design a tuberculosis vaccine facility for Uganda. In a team with like chemical and biomedical engineers, we had these eight weeks. And it was rather like working than studying. And that was just the beginning of the whole course. This type of education did not end in the first term since that we had multiple scenario weeks where we had only five days to make full projects about uh, CBD production, pharmaceuticals, biofuels, artificial meat, and many other topics. And currently I'm working on two design projects, but I think we will talk about this later. So you said you had your scenario week, which was your favorite project that you worked on? Ooh, that, that's a nice question. Actually, there was a really interesting one, which was uh, producing CBD from yeast. And we were assessing the economical feasibility and sustainability of this project. And we only had five days to do this as for every other scenario week. Actually, there was another one, sorry. <laughs> I think my other favorite was uh, a two-week scenario week. It was a double scenario week called How to Change the World. And it was nothing near to biochemical engineering. All the engineer people had to do it. And they told us that, I know that it's not really relevant to your course, but you should be able to manage projects which are not near to, to your comfort zone. And in those two weeks, we had to make an innovation to improve the air quality of Nairobi in Kenya. And we made a phone application to make a transportation uh, reform in Nairobi. I think that was, that was my favorite <laughs> or second favorite. Well, that's very interesting. And you're originally from Hungary, correct? Yep, I am. So how would you say your high school experience in Hungary is different from your college experience in London? The education system in Hungary is really different. So there, 
it's mainly based about memorizing information, not really processing it. As I mentioned for UK at UCL, most of the course is project-based. We had many exams, which were open book, and uh, we could use any resource to solve these tasks. And it was still challenging. So since we had to transfer or learn skills to completely novel problems. And I am sure that if I would study in Hungary, probably I would know more about biology, physics, or chemistry, because I would have to learn all these books. But when I go to the industry or to research, they don't really ask me to memorize things. They want me to solve real-life obstacles. And I think that's what we are learning at UCL. That's a very valuable kind of style of learning. Now, I want to transition a little bit more into, you know, your research interest as a young scientist. Um, have you had a very broad focus over the years or have you had one specific research interest? You know, when they first asked me that's what I want to do with my life, I was in kindergarten. I studied with total confidence. I want to be a scientist football player. A few years later, I realized that football is not really my talent, so I stayed with the science, but I had still no clue what kind of science I wanted to do. There were times when I wanted to work in history, there were times when I wanted to work in physics, chemistry, there were like multiple topics, and I could not decide which one should I pick. And I realized that I don't have to choose at all. I could choose a field, which is the mix of all of these. So I chose biotechnology, and this is where I am right now. I like that little anecdote. And what kind of projects are you working on now? So right now I have two design projects. In our course, we don't really have a dissertation. We have design projects. I have one for my major and I have one for my minor. The one for the major is uh, a gene therapy project. It is about designing a gene therapy facility for hemophilia A. And the other one is about uh, manufacturing a stem cell therapy for spinal cord injuries. And next to it, I have a project which is like not really relevant to uni. I'm the ambassador of the Hungarian Science and Technology Olympics. And that's much more like a marketing project. I'm empowering students to participate in this competition, which was really similar to the one we had in Luxembourg. So I want to start off by talking about your project on gene therapy for hemophilia A. What exactly have you been doing with that and what have been your results so far? I think I will start with like base concepts. So hemophilia A is an inherited disease and people who have this disease, their blood cannot coagulate properly. With one dose of a gene therapy, this could be solved for the life of the patient. And actually we are doing this as a team project with seven people, three bioprocess managers and four biochemical engineers with the lead and mentoring of uh, Professor Suzanne Farid. We started this uh, in early October, and since that, we submitted already three chapters of this design project. We worked through the product. We designed our product, which is like a virus-based uh, vector. We made the market research. We designed a special bioprocess, how we could manufacture this product. We went through all unit operations of this uh, process, and after that, we did some economical calculations to suggest what kind of price could we give to this product. And then where do you see this project going in the future and what are the applications? So right now we have uh, three other chapters. Actually today I was working on the floor plan design of this facility. So we had to draw every room that where do we want to do the upstream process? Where do we want to do the downstream process? 
where are the changing rooms, etc. We had to design the whole facility. Afterwards, we will work a little bit on the piping and the equipments. And after that, we will have a poster session where we can show our whole project to an industrial panel. About the applications, I don't know if you heard about it, but uh, I think two months ago, Hamgenix dropped to the market. It's a gene therapy for hemophilia B, and it's currently the most expensive drug in the world. I think one dose is around $3.5 million. Mainly the issue with the emerging field of gene therapy is that uh, it's pretty new and there is a place for many research, especially in commercialization. And that's the job of biochemical engineers. We are making science real. We are making a product from the, all the researches which were made to solve hemophilia A or B, or for example, Parkinson or any other chronic illness. And then now I want to talk a little bit about your research on cell therapy for spinal cord injury. What exactly is spinal cord injury? How does it happen? And what are the current treatments looking like? For spinal cord injury, there are multiple ways how it can happen. The most common way is a traumatic injury caused by either like an accident, car accident or ski accident, or it can be caused by act of violence, uh, knife attacks. The other way is some diseases. It can be the consequence of uh, cancer, for example. And our project, it's really similar to the other projects. In this project, our mentor was uh, Rana Khalif, Dr. Rana Khalif. It's a team of uh, five people. And we designed the product. And now we are working on to make a process, how to manufacture it. And after that, we will make uh, some suggestions about uh, logistics, supply chain, and economics again to justify a price for a product. And then again, what are the long-term impacts of this kind of research? Probably the impacts are larger here since uh, currently there is no stem cell therapy on the market for curing uh, spinal cord injury. Although there were some successful trials and breakthroughs, there's a really interesting story. There was a man who had a knife attack and he was paralyzed from uh, chest down and he could not walk at all. And scientists from UCL, together with doctors from Poland, they transplanted stem cells to the spinal cord of this person. And since that, since his cell therapy, he can walk again, which trains now. He needs rehabilitation, but he's completely cured. And I think that impact we are aiming for with uh, projects like this. And again, in this field, it's really important that a therapy like this could be really expensive. We need to optimize the commercialization. We, we need to optimize the manufacture to make a therapy which is available for anyone, anywhere, basically. Absolutely. And when approximately do you anticipate seeing these kinds of therapies actually being implemented in the medical world? I mean, as I said, uh, this story, uh, it was already implemented, so he can walk right now. As a product, whew, this is a hard question, actually. I really hope that in the next five years, there will be some therapies on the market. And what are some kind of barriers that you might have to overcome? Like, do you think it will take a long time to get this kind of treatment approved? I'm not really sure that the current uh, HASCO system is ready for cell and gene therapies. So at the same time, as uh, commercialization and manufacturing is optimized, the infrastructure should be optimized too, because uh, these hospitals, they don't really have the equipment currently to treat patients there with cell or gene therapy. 
And I think this should be improved at this point. And it's really different for countries. So I know that in the UK, for example, it's one of the pioneering countries in this field. Definitely. And both of these topics are very complex. Would you say you were kind of intimidated before you started your research, before going into it? Like, how did you feel going into such complicated areas? I'm really interested in it. And if I'm ambitious about the topic, nothing can stop me, actually. <laughs> so I would not say that I felt intimidated, especially because before I started to learn these modules. So I had three modules in regenerative medicine. And before I started to learn about this, I approached the runner who is the module lead. And I told her that I got a scholarship from uh, the Hungarian Research Association in Hungary. And I need a project to have this scholarship. And I really needed to do, I really wanted to do research at UCL. And she told me, sure, come to the lab. We can look into it. And after a few months of studying this module, I could go to the lab and she could show me some of the real life applications of this field. And I think that's amazing. I do too, definitely. Well, we're going to pause right now for a short break, but when we return, Tomas will discuss some of the lessons and advice that he would share with young listeners that are also interested in biochemical engineering. This is Raina Malhotra and you're listening to Teen Scientist on WDIY. Weekend Edition Saturday is a well-rounded news talk program about the economy, music, literature, and more. Join host Scott Simon and company as they discuss the latest events happening around the world. Start your weekend off with great programming beginning with Weekend Edition Saturday at 8 a.m., followed by NPR's Fresh Air Weekend at 10 a.m., and great folk, blues, and Americana on all Reed Street at 11 a.m., all here on WDIY. Tune up your week with a great variety of jazz music on WDIY, Monday through Friday nights from 9 to 11, offers many choices from the world of jazz, featuring traditional to modern styles, plus Swing Sunday at 5 p.m. and Improvisational Jazz on the Bridge, Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Listen for new releases, interviews with artists, and information on upcoming performances right here on WDIY. Welcome back to Teen Scientist. I'm your host, Raina Malhotra, and joining us is a young Hungarian scientist currently in London, Tomas J. Lafer. We just finished discussing your active research on hemophilia A and spinal cord injury, and I now want to transition into a more broader discussion. Where do you see the future of biotechnology? You know, Raina, I'm a little bit biased here according to my previous answers. So I really see the future in regenerative medicine. I really think that this field could change the future because you know, with this field, even with one dose or one transplantation, chronic illnesses like Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer, cancer, spinal cord injury or hemophilia A, these could be all cured. And that's amazing. I, I really see the future there. And more specifically for you, what is your plan for the future? Where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? I really hope that in regenerative medicine. <laughs> First, I want to do my master's and PhD in this topic. And then we'll see, I'm really interested in gene therapy startups. So maybe I will join Tivon, but uh, I know yet. I really want to go into research in the beginning. And then at some point, I think I will change it to like bioprocess management. And maybe I will do my own company. We'll see. Yeah, so you can see yourself founding your own biotechnology company. Is that a goal of yours? It can be. It could be. <laughs> 
it's on my bucket list. <laughs> Definitely. So you also have had some very interesting leadership roles in the past. You're currently the ambassador of the Hungarian Science and Innovation Olympics. What is this organization and what is your job? You know, the first time we have met uh, Reina in Luxembourg, I was there because of this competition. So this competition in Hungary, it's similar to ISEF, what you have in the US. Basically, you have to make an invention. You have to come up with an idea or a project and uh, you have to make the most of it. And after that, in the end, there is a, now there will be a poster session, but usually there's a presentation session and you have to write a small dissertation about your project. And then they will delegate you into international competitions. Right now, as an ambassador, my job is to empower students to participate in this competition and to show them that's what kind of opportunities they can win with this. And you were the main organizer of the first International University Festival of Hungary. Can you tell us about this event and how this project started? Actually, this was one of the most exciting projects I ever, ha ever had in my life. I was the deputy director of a company called Hungarian Youth Association. And this is a company for all the Hungarian students studying abroad. And uh, I was talking with the director of this company. And we had an idea, you know, that we are all studying abroad and during the year we are missing out on concerts with our favorite bands, Hungarian bands. And we are missing out on lots of parties and we are missing out on really good conferences. So we were thinking about an event which could be a combination of a music festival, a science conference and basically an educational forum where we can show that, that how is it to study in Germany, how is it to study in the UK or in the US. And uh, it was a one-year project. So we started last October and the festival was in July. And I think it went really great. So I only heard like positive feedbacks from it. And did you work with a team of people or were you working more alone? It was a huge team. So for a festival, since we had to build up the whole infrastructure, Okay, I, I will tell a story here. When we looked at the location of the festival, it was just the field in Hungarian countryside with huge grass. So we had to even cut the grass to be up the stage. So there was, there, there, like, there was nothing there. We had to build up everything by our own hands and with the help of like construction workers. It was a huge team. It was 40 people in total studying in five or six countries. And uh, we divided this into like six teams. There was logistics, programs, media, marketing, infrastructure, finance, and uh, sponsor hunt. And so to clarify, this is like a concert that you organized essentially? Not just a concert, a whole music festival. So during the day, there were presentations. It was a conference, basically. There were presentations about psychology, biotechnology, business, startups, uh, sustainability. And in the evening, there were concerts. Every day, three concerts from famous Hungarian bands or smaller Hungarian bands. Well, that is very, very cool. I wish I could have gone. Um, I want now want to ask what the most valuable lesson that you've learned over your years in science and research is. First of all, don't give up. What possibly can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> but you know, it's fine because every time you solve one of these obstacles, you will understand your project more and more. 
Without these, you could not evaluate or validate your work properly. And secondly, the idea of what you have, that's not crazy. You are crazy if you're letting it go. So I would say that be brave and innovative. And sometimes weird ideas can become the greatest innovations. You know, one of my first projects was about uh, the effects of the alcohol on the human physical balance. I made a physical balance measuring application to smartphones. And soon we found out that actually this application could be used in neurological diagnosis. So as I said, from weird ideas, we can get to fears like neurology. And as someone who's also participated in a huge number of science events and competitions with people from around the world, what is the most interesting thing that you've experienced or seen from the people that you've met? These competitions and expos are always really interesting and I'm always learning a lot. So I could tell now so many stories, but actually I will talk about China. I went to China in 2018, I think. I was like 17, 16, 17 years old. And it was the 33rd caustic international competition. And you know, I went into the competition. It was a huge hall with thousands of people. And there were like so many deaths with like bright people with amazing ideas. And I was so surprised. Like I saw their things what I've never seen in my life. And everyone was so ambitious about their project. So I think that was one of the most exciting moments from these competitions or even in my life. And what was the first international event that you've gone to? Have you, and do you go to these things alone also? Are you traveling alone or do you go with your family? Like what is the whole traveling experience like for you? Actually, this one was the first. So China was the first for me. Maybe that's the reason why I said China right now. My dad is my mentor too. So when I went to these international competitions, he was always with me and he was helping me. And would you say your family is like a big reason of why you're interested in what you are interested in? Like, do you think they played a role in how where you are today? Definitely. Definitely they played a role. So my family is really interesting. So... My mother is a teacher for special needs students. My father works in IT and management. My older sister, she's working at psychology and right now blockchain, and she's a kitesurfer next to it. And my younger sister, she's in PR management. So everyone in the family has a different field, but every time we have a project, we are supporting each other. We are there for each other. So definitely they play the whole huge role for me going to these competitions. For example, my younger sister, uh, she was the one who designed my first poster, science posters for these competitions. And I really think that they played a huge role that right now I'm in London and I'm studying at UCL. Definitely, I think that's super cool. My sister, I also remember she was the first person to help me make my first poster board. I think that's a universal experience with the sisters. Um, I wanna ask, was there any topic in science that you were ever intimidated by and how did you overcome this hesitation? You know, when I did my first research, uh, I was really small. I was 14 years old. It was in Debrecen, which is like the second largest city of Hungary. And it was a research camp. And they called me Ichi there, which means uh, little in Hungarian because I was that small. <laughs> I, got a, I got an Excel t-shirt for the whole camp and it was that big to me that it looked like the dress on me. 
So you can imagine that I was kind of intimidated by all the scientists and all the people there. Later, when I went to competitions, there were some situations when they didn't really accept me. Because first of all, I was really young. Second of all, I was working usually in biotechnology, but rather in biophysics at that point. And I went to physics competitions. So some scientists who worked 40 years in uh, atom physics or quantum physics, they said to me that they don't really think that biophysics is a science or what I have done is science. Well, that's a nice little story. Now, I, I feel like we can transition from here into a piece of advice that you would give to other young students that are interested in pursuing a career in biochemical engineering. First of all, do lots of maths. <laughs> that's the basic of all engineering fields. If you are stable in doing mathematics, uh, integration or differential equations, then you will be fine for the whole course <laughs> because every, everything is based on that. Next to that, be open. Be open for any opportunity. I think right now in biotechnology, there are emerging fields like synthetic biology or regenerative medicine. And this course is always improving, changing, evolving. You have to be open if you want to work on this field. Also, I think it's a really good thing to go to competitions like the, for example, for me, the Hungarian Innovation Olympics. But I know that there is ISAF in the US. There are other competitions where you have to do projects. If you do projects, if you do research when you are young, when you are in high school, you can learn skills, transferable skills, which will be essential at uni. And if you make mistakes when you are 16 or 17, you won't make those mistakes at uni where it would be more crucial. Have you made any big mistakes that you've learned from? Oh, I made so many huge mistakes. So starting from deleting the whole code of uh, my application accidentally and then panicking that, oh my God, I just deleted my whole work. And after that, finding it in another folder. But that, that was just one small story. There are always complications. As I said, uh, what can go wrong will go wrong. But being an engineer, being a scientist means that we are, we are solving these issues and we are going through these obstacles and we are evolving. And what are your next steps as you're in university? What is the next thing that you want to work on in the near future that maybe we can keep an eye out for? I think right now it's the two projects because I did not finish either of them. So for the gene therapy project, I am three chapters in. But I still have to design the facility, I still have to design the pipelines, I still have to uh, design the equipment. For the other design project, we are literally at the beginning. So we are at that point that, that we have a product now. We made the market research now and we identified the process, but we have to go more into analytics and logistics. So first I want to finish this and then we will see. Well, I wish you the best of luck for that. And now I lastly want to ask you, where can our listeners go to learn more about you or your work? I have LinkedIn uh, with my name, Tamas Gilaufer. Uh, I always post there all the things I do. And I have an Instagram where sometimes I post scientific content or I post about my travels. Sometimes I post memes. That's, that can be fun too. My Instagram is Lufitomi. Well, thank you so much, Samas, for taking the time to be with us today. It's been fascinating to hear about your knowledge and experiences with biochemical engineering, and we can't wait to hear where your research takes you in the future. Thank you so much.
And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in today for WDIY's Teen Scientist. Check out WDIY.org for more great public radio. I'm Raina Malhotra, and I'll see you next time on Teen Scientist. <laughs>